Welcome to GOB with Christy and Kathy, where we talk about writing, reading, and life in between. I'm Christy in South Florida. I'm Kathy in South Dakota. We're two newbie writers who share our love of food, wine, and crime fiction. We have interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors on our Quarks and Conversation episodes. And don't forget our Words in Progress episodes where we have fun writing lessons with writing experts. Join us for today's episode. Welcome to Corks and Conversation with Heather Chavez. I'm so excited to be talking with her today. Heather has a wonderful debut novel that came out a few months ago that we are going to celebrate today because it's a great debut. But we are also celebrating something else. Our 100th episode. I know we're we're so (laughs) lucky that we have um, listeners that actually want to hear what we love to talk about, which... (laughs) is writing, reading, and life in between. So there you go. A hundred. I know. It's been an incredible journey these last, I guess, three seasons. We're just starting season four. And um, this podcast has gotten us through some bumpy points these last few years. <laughs> yes. Yes. We're, we're thankful for it, but it's um, yes. it's been a lot of fun and we've learned a lot. So that's great. Yes, we have. So um, before we begin our real celebration, let me introduce our guest for today. So we have Heather Chavez. She's a graduate of UC Berkeley English Literature Program and has worked as a newspaper reporter and editor. She lives in Santa Rosa, California with her husband and children. And No Bad Deed is her debut novel. And of No Bad Deed, um, it also got a lot of rave reviews. And so I just wanted to note a couple that are very noteworthy. First, Publishers Weekly said it's a propulsive debut. Chavez peoples her tale with credible, flawed individuals presenting even the multiple antagonists with harrowing backstories and convincing psychological motives. I mean... This is true. And (laughs) Chavez is in full command of plot and pacing. Domestic thriller fans will be satisfied. And then on top of that, we've got Lee Child, the best-selling author. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He says it's a sensational debut, compelling, hypnotic, full of suspense, and quiet menace. Don't miss it. And we agree. So Heather, it is so good to talk to you today. I'm so glad to be here. It's very exciting. Welcome. Yes. Yes. Okay. So before we get into Heather's book, which I'm so excited to talk about, since we are celebrating both Heather's book and our hundredth, we thought we'd have a little sparkling, a little, a little bubbly in our wine glasses today or whatever we're using. Um, we did not consult. Usually we make a plan. So I'm curious what everybody has. I chose a La Marca Prosecco, a little Italian, and I bought one of those little bottles because I don't drink a lot of champagne, but this is my dad's favorite um, Prosecco, so I thought I'd pick this in honor of him. Oh, yeah, I have had that. It's good. Yeah, it's good. Heather, what did you, what do you have? Well, I uh, live in wine country, and even (laughs) though I'm not a huge uh, expert on this subject, I wouldn't have been able to live with myself if I didn't choose a local one, so um, (laughs) I chose a Corbel. Prosecco. Oh, okay. Nice. Well, guess what? We all did Proseccos. Mine really? is, yeah, mine's La Vostra. It's an Italian Prosecco. It was, it was only $10. 
total wine and it had a pretty label. So, <laughs> so anyway. that checks all the boxes. <laughs> yeah. So let's, let's toast and see how let's these do taste. A toast. Okay. All so right. this is so awesome. I have just a regular wine glass, although my special one, Chrissy's got the actual flute and Heather leave it to the author as a mug. <laughs> a Brogu mug. What can I say? All, all right. right. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> mm, mine's good. I wish I could taste Heather's though, because it's local. I bet it's yummy. Yeah. We have a lot of yummy wines here. There's my, yes, you do. (laughs) That's, that's lingo. Yummy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We're very high technical. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Wine people. Yeah. Well, (laughs) one day we've been saying since, well, the pandemic came, you know, (laughs) but we kept saying we've had so many California authors that we want to go out to California and then go up to the wine country and just kind of do both at the same time in person. So hopefully one day, one day, one day, <laughs> maybe Anyways, our 200th so. episode will do a there you go. Oh, I, sooner than that. Sooner. Yes. Than that. All right. So let me get to the questions and I have a good one. <laughs> I love it. Heather. This is such a great read here. Let me hold yes. this up. Again. Yep. Yeah. No yep. bad deed. Such a good title. So now um, your first line in the book is if my kids hadn't been with me, it wouldn't have happened. Great first line. And that tells us a ton about your protagonist, Cassie. Um, She's a parent. She's badass. She acts despite being scared. She's tough. Um, When you started writing this story, what came to you first? Was it Cassie's character or was it the circumstances she was facing? It was a little bit of both, mainly the circumstances. Um, they're always kind of intertwined in my in my head when I'm coming up with an idea. Um, but in this case, it was my daughter. I was picking up my daughter from after school care, and we saw this violent attack right in front of us. This 14 year old ish. A 13, 14 year old boy was walking on the campus and these two other boys about the same age just jumped him. And so, yeah. And, and I went through this whole process. What do I do? Do I call 911? Do I get out of the car? My daughter's here, you know, and obviously her safety is paramount. So um, I had just a split second though, because then they scattered as quickly as it started, it ended. And so um, of course the thriller uh, author in me <laughs> was throughout the rest of the day was like, what should I have done? What would I have done? What, Ugh. what happened to make that, you know, to motivate the attack? Um, and so I just kind of told it in my head. And one of the, the things that came first to me was whose story is it to tell? And in this case, you know, I thought, I don't want to say of myself, but of someone like me, Cassie's definitely much more, um, can we say badass? Yes, 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 we can. (laughs) She's definitely more of a badass than me. And so, um, I had to separate what I would do with what Cassie would do in that circumstance. But that first line is, is one of the few lines in the whole book that didn't change. It was pretty much, that was the first line that was always going to be the first line. Um, so it all kind of happened at, at the same time, though I didn't have a clear picture of what that horrible deed was that motivated the attack mm-hmm. in, in No Bad Deed. Well, it, the the plot, it is very intricate. You know, there's 
I mean, I was guessing constantly throughout the whole thing. And it, and it made me wonder, you know, about your writing process, because like you said, you know, you had this initial idea um, and I picture this room full of multicolored index cards all over the place trying <laughs> to keep track of everything. But how do you do it? Do you write a, did you just sit down and outline and get it that way? Or do you um, just kind of let it flow and hope it works out or somewhere in between? Hmm. Definitely a plotter. Um, it doesn't mean that I don't go off course occasionally. By occasionally, I mean quite often. Um, <laughs> but I love colored index cards. Oh, they're <laughs> yes, they're the best. Christy, you just yeah. nailed it. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, there's a corkboard right there. You can't see it. It's empty <laughs> now because I just finished the draft of my latest book, so it's waiting for the next book. But yeah, I, I, I definitely outline. I use it pretty loosely though, because I do, I do tend to go off track. I like to say that it keeps me like I'm still in the same state, at least <laughs> just a road or two off as opposed to, oh, suddenly I'm in Iowa. So yeah, so I do try to use it as, as like a roadmap, but I will say my process now that I've well, I wrote three practice books, but I was, it was different. I was younger, you know, I didn't edit. I didn't, I thought editing was checking for commas. You right. Know? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I would say I've written now three books, No Bad Deed, um, Blood Will Tell is coming out next year. And then the third one I just finished. And I will say it's been different for each of them because No Bad Deed was very much, you know, I outlined it. But then I threw it all up in the air after the first draft because it was originally a third person, three points of view. Um, and so I basically threw out two thirds and started again. Um, and so that was an experience. That was fun. That's um, actual revision, right? That's written. Yes. And book two, I wrote a book two that I discarded in its entirety. Apparently that's a thing I do. Um, <laughs> And then I started again with an outline and this time it was every scene was accounted for. Um, and it just pretty much stuck. It was pretty much stuck. There were some little detours that I realized when I was writing as opposed to motivation, stuff like that, that I was like, oh, this isn't going to work. Um, so I did make some detours, but it was pretty much stuck to the outline. And book three was kind of a hybrid. It was like, I had an outline. I had the index cards, but I would take the index cards off and replace them with new ones. <laughs> Process. Yeah, definitely with book three. So, wow. but I have to start with something. I have to know where I'm going to end up or I will totally get lost. <laughs> you know, that, that scene that you witnessed at your daughter or at the school reminds me, um, Lisa Unger, when we had talked to her, had said that every of her, each one of her stories starts with a germ, just something that takes her down the road. And that's what that sounds like. That's so interesting. Yeah. Well, it's amazing when you're looking for the dark side of human nature, how <laughs> to find it, you know, um, it's actually, unfortunately too easy to find, but yeah, lately it usually starts with a germ of something that just, Ooh, what if? Yeah. So speaking of the dark side, one of my favorite things about your novel was no matter how heavy the circumstances got, like bad, right? So at the end of chapter 25, we'll give no spoilers away, but she just, <laughs> the protagonist, um, faced, a, she was being chased by the villain. And it was really scary, really well written, by the way. I mean, I was terrified for her. And then at the beginning of the next chapter, turn the page. Just complete abject sarcasm and humor, which I loved how you intertwined those. You started the chapter 
um, 26, and he had said, I had spent so much time with the police lately. I wondered if I should whip up some friendship bracelets. <laughs> like, it just brought such a smile to my face. And I, yeah, Christy's wearing some. But I'm so curious how, I don't think that's a very easy thing to do, to keep things heavy and twisty and page turning and then add that lightness that shows so much about your your protagonist. Yeah, you know, I will say it's it's a little bit easier for me to do with first person. Third person's a little bit more difficult. I, I did write third person in my last book. But yeah, no, it is hard because that's one of the things I really do. I love the light mood, just like I, that's why I have Lester and Daryl in there too, <laughs> because we sometimes cope with humor. Humor is one of the mechanisms we use to get through these times. That's how Cassie copes. You know, that's how I cope sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. That's how I cope too. It's yeah. the only way you, you can do. sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it, you know, some of the authors that I love to, to, that come to mind are like Harlan Coben, Dean Koontz, who've been writing for a while. They, they, they have those moments of like levity where it just kind of, you know, these dark things are happening, but there's this moment where you kind of just like, you know, have this moment to breathe. And I love that. The same with shows. Like if I'm watching a show that takes itself really seriously, <laughs> I have to like, I can't like, I don't want to say binge, but kind of, you know, I have to step Mm -hmm. away because it's, you know, you do need those mental breaks. At least I do. So um, I try to give that to my readers so they keep reading. (laughs) Well, I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, The other thing I was going to ask you about, and you mentioned it, is your supporting characters were a blast. Like how fun was it to create these patients at the vet clinic and her coworkers at the vet clinic were really awesome maybe a secretary at her daughter's school. <laughs> there was some, you just got, you went down some really cool avenues, but I have to say Daryl was my favorite. He was only supposed to be in one scene. He was supposed to be in the opening scene. He And then he's not even in the opening scene, um, but he was supposed to be just a patient. Um, but I love Daryl and I love Lester, Clumsy Labrador. I'm, you know, and so that's an example of where I went off path a little bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Because I started thinking about, uh, originally she was going to really rely, she does rely on Zoe, but um, she was really going to rely more heavily on Zoe and her father. And I thought, well, at some point she's going to want to connect with somebody who she trusts, but also can't be necessarily connected with her. And he seemed the perfect person. And so I'm like, yay, I get to bring him back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he was really fun. Okay, so let's take a little bit of a break. I'll take a little drink. And Heather, this is the time we have um, what we call the question in the bottle. We always like to ask the authors we're lucky enough to talk with um, a kind of question that might come up at the bottom of a bottle or after you've finished enjoying a bottle of whatever. Okay. Chris, you got a question? Okay. Yeah. Let me see what it is. Okay. All right. What's the one movie you've seen at least five times and will watch again and why? Ooh. Actually, I just finished watching Grease. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I love Grease. For the, I don't even know how many times <laughs> my, my uh, daughter was up for a visit from Long Beach. And, and you know, it was funny because my husband was like, oh, okay, fine, watch it again. But, it, you know, he was like, he was not on board. And then all of a sudden he's over on the couch just cracking up <laughs> and saying, oh, wait, 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 this is my favorite part. <laughs> 
know, that's good. So, um, yeah. So yeah, I've definitely watched that. I, I think because it was, it, you know, the songs, you know, oh, yeah. Yeah. There are John worse Travolta. things that can do that, you know, know, there are worse things I could do. It's still one of my, you know, favorite <sighs> musical songs. Um, and my daughter's really, you know, into music. Um, she's a musician and she was also in, you know, um, choir when she, when she was in high school. And so, yeah, so, you know, we kind of bond over music and yeah. uh, I love that. That movie, I tell you, I have a little bit of a short story about that movie. Um, I remember when my son was born. So this was, a long time ago. And um, <laughs> it, I was just home, like from the hospital, not very long. And so all these people came over to see him, you know, and I just got, you know, after a while, he was my first. So I got kind of overwhelmed. And I'm like, okay, well, we're tired. He, we're going to go upstairs. And so I went upstairs and just closed myself in, you know, the bedroom and turn on the TV and what was playing Greece. So I sat oh. there watching Greece and holding my little baby boy. And it was just like, okay, I can breathe. So yeah, I like that movie too. <laughs> That's one of those movies. I think that most people in a certain age bracket, right, has a memory because I do too. My um, best friend growing up who is just taking her son to college today out in California, ironically, um, we, we, we did a play of the movie Grease when we were like nine. And we made our parents sit down and watch us for like three hours. Awesome. <laughs> Apologize, <love> parents. <laughs> oh, I love that. Any recordings still out there? I don't think so. <laughs> that would be at one very funny, but also painful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. I digress. So, okay. Great answer. I, I, I wish there was a, um, I wish there was a film of it. Mm. Our kids, we filmed, but we didn't get filmed that much. No, no. <laughs> So anyway, all right. So um, my question is, um, can you tell us a little bit about your publishing story? I mean, mm. how you went from unpublished writer to having a debut published by William Morrow and then receiving all these great blurbs from like Lee Child and Lisa Gardner. So how did, what was your trajectory? We're always curious. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I've always kind of written. Um, I always knew that's, since my first Dean Koontz book, I knew that that was what I wanted to do. So I wrote some creepy serial killer type novellas when I was in middle school-ish, you know, early teens. And you so probably was, weren't alone. <laughs> <laughs> probably not. And then I, then I turned to dark poetry for a while, but of course, <laughs> what teenage girl doesn't go through I that? Say, that's a requirement. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I, I did that. And then I wrote what I call, like I said, three and a third practice novels. And then I love I, this. I think you're coining this phrase. I've never heard this before. Practice novel is like the best thing I've ever heard. Well, I don't like to say trunked because that implies like it was failure, but it really was a learning. It was learning. For right. Me. And I know there are so, I mean, so many authors who not, I don't know, so many, maybe that's overstretched, but um, a lot of authors who can write a brilliant book and it's their first one ever. But for me, I, I needed the time. I needed to discover what my voice was and, and get used to those uh, learning to edit, I think was, you know, yeah. writing. I kind of, I love to do. And I think I did okay with that early on, but editing. Yeah. That's something I didn't learn until 
I was actually an editor, um, <laughs> you know, because you get so attached. And I don't think 10 years ago or before it was published that it would have been as easy to say, this isn't working. I'm throwing out 60% of my book and starting over. Oh. Um, and so, yeah, once I got to the point where I could do that, um, I decided, yeah, this is one I actually want to query. So even though it seems like it happened fast, it it was a process of decades of learning before it. Um, but I, yeah, I queried my agent in early, um, actually mid-May, mid-May of 2018. Um, and then he requested a full the same day. Um, and then uh, I signed um, 20 days later, the day before my birthday, Oh, present. And so it happened very fast. And that's why I always say, you know, hey, if you're querying, don't go to your second tier agency agents to practice because he was always one of my top five. And I can't imagine if I had said, oh, you know what? I'm going to practice first on other ones like I did with my books, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So we signed. Um, we worked on it a little bit over the summer and then it went on submission into September. And we got the preempt a week later. So, yeah. That's great. So a very quick process in the end, but long to begin with. Yeah. yeah. And I appreciate you saying that because yeah. both Kathy and I are, you know, we met at um, at a mystery writing conference. So we're both, we're working on our first novel. We're working on our And so novels. we're learning. <laughs> yes, we are. We've learned so much in, in the process of editing. And yeah. So I'm curious, you had mentioned... You always loved writing. How do you feel now about editing and revising? And do you see a difference between editing and revising or do you use those interchangeably? I kind of use them interchangeably. I love revising. You do? I love it. I love it. I love it. Writing, uh, revising. I'm actually um, doing line edits on my third manuscript. um, And Uh, it's my favorite thing to look at that sentence and say, okay, is that, does that work? Even though I I feel like I have a very simple style. It's not like I'm, you know, densely lyrical, you know, narration. It's just, it's pretty straightforward, but I just, you know, it's the pacing right here. You know, I love that. I love it. Yeah, I do. That's an excellent attitude. That makes me happy. I will say I love it more when I get it closer to write the first time. <laughs> yeah. I two thirds of my book or a whole book. Um, not as, not as much fun. Right. <laughs> I imagine that. Okay. So if there is such a thing, what's your average writing day like? Well, it's, you know, it's different now. Um, I recently started a, a pretty, uh, pretty demanding day job. Um, well, I've always worked, but I mean, this one. This one's work, a lot of work, um, and I love it, but it does require a certain commitment, you know, level, and so I've had to get really disciplined. I, th- this answer would not have been the same, you know, six months ago. It would have been, mm-hmm. I write whenever I can, and I squeeze it in, and mornings and nights and weekends. That's still true, but I do have to be more regimented about it now, so I pretty much, you know, wake up at 5.50, take a walk. And then spend about an hour, an hour and 15 minutes writing um, and, or editing or plotting, anything creative. You know, I just, depending on what stage I'm at. And then I work. And then I usually don't have time again to do it during the weekdays. And then on the weekends, 
Sometimes I put in three hours, sometimes I put in 12 hours, really depends on my mental bandwidth, but I do have to write every single day because I average probably about on creative, whether it's, you know, writing, outlining, editing, whatever um, I do, I probably average about between 25 and 35 hours a week, in addition to working probably 45 Ooh. plus hours at my day job. Um, and so in, I really have to just, it, I have to be pretty dedicated because it, otherwise I'm going to just miss a week and suddenly, boom, I'm out of the habit. So, yeah, that's, yeah. that's what we found too. We got kind of out of the habit with things. And so we're in the belt. You have to do it every day, right, Kathy? It's not easy. It's not. I No, I think, um, I think to stay in that that space, that imaginary creative space, I, I need to touch it every day. And when you don't, which I've seen in these last few months, it's um it's painful to get back. It's like being out of shape and trying to get back into exercise. It's, which is a whole nother story. I need to do that as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it feels like to me, at least. So yeah, that's a good um, analogy. Yeah. So I, what I always want to ask is what, what is right today for you? What's the best part of the writing life? Honestly, it, I would say the community uh-huh. um, is definitely it because I mean, like with, like I said, my, my next book's coming out next year and that there are readers out there who are excited about my next book. And I'm like, Whoa, that's, that's new. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's exciting. We're um, excited. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited for it too, but I should be. Um <laughs> But so, you know, when I wrote No Bad Deed, I fully intended that nobody was going to read it, but my family. (laughs) Um, And so this one, I know it's going to be read by people and that that's kind of an experience. Um, But it's been the reading community and the writing Mm. community. Um, Writers have just been so it's such a generous community. I think we think it's mystery writers in particular. Or crime fiction writers in particular. It's hard to say because I, I that's who I interact with most. <laughs> um, but, you know, like Lee Child and Lisa Gardner, they didn't have to read my book. They didn't have, I mean, that's a commitment. Right. They definitely have better things to do than read, you know, this new debut that they don't even know. Well, no, now once they read it, yeah. it was a good so, thing for yeah, them. So it was a gift. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> you gifted them but, with yeah. the, your book. Yeah. And I'm part of a, um, 2020 debuts group, which I think we are closer than, than a lot of debut groups because 2020 was not a good year for that. But writers are just so, they're so willing to support and help. And, and I wrote No Bad Deed in a Bubble. I didn't have writer friends. I didn't have critique partners. I didn't have beta readers. I had one friend who read that first third person draft and she, I had a conversation with her, should I go this first person and single it? And so I, I did have feedback from her, but other than that, I wrote in a bubble. So, it, you know, it's so stressful. This industry can be, can be tough. And so having the support of both readers and other writers has just been amazing to me. Mm. Lovely. Yeah, that's lovely. And people like you, I mean, it's just to talk about books, people who love books, are wonderful people. Yes. <laughs> There's some bad ones out That's there. That's true. That's true. <laughs> anyway, so before we go, uh, we do have one final question. 
that we like to ask. It appeases our mysterious foodies out there. And we ask all our authors, um, so which of your characters would you like to share a meal with and what would it be? Oh gosh. Um, from no bad deed it can be any of your books. Yeah. But. Uh, well, cause uh, you know, I, I don't feel like Cassie has time to eat. She just doesn't <laughs> have time to eat. She's like going to be a fast food on the road. Kind yeah. of a- <laughs> um, Frankie from my blood will tell she's more of a cook, even though she does eat pretty casual cause she's a single mom. Um, mm-hmm. so she's, she has a lot on her plate. Um, I think it would be with Frankie and I think it would be, she makes, chilaquiles in in the book which is mm. a, something my husband has made for me on occasion um and she also eats pizza i'm okay with you mm. you know either one you know what um, are chilaquitas or chilaquitas it's like fried tortillas and it's really good it's it's yeah um, okay so pizza. that that's one of our stops Cal- in california <laughs> yeah it's really i mean other really chavez's awesome. husband is going to make us some oh you know it <laughs> makes really great he makes best pasoli he totally does there's a reference to that in the book too wow. i realized how much my husband's cooking has inspired this book <laughs> wonderful so, yeah. sounds like you got a good one <laughs> that's awesome i love that yeah okay so um heather when our listeners want to know more about you where should they go online and find you all my social media links all of them three of them, um <laughs> are on are on my website which is heatherchavez.com so if you remember my name, that's the easiest way. Um, but I'm most active. I mean, I'm on Facebook, uh, bookstagram, I mean, Instagram. Bookstagram. <laughs> same. Yeah. Cat pictures and books. What else do you need? <laughs> what um, else do you want in life? Maybe some food. Yeah. And wine. I mean, come on, we're good. Yeah, we're good. Um, but uh, yeah, so so I'm on both of those as I am, I am H. Our job is. All right. We, and we will have that in all of our posts too and share that on ours. I mean, this has been a great conversation. We're so glad you joined us. And I guess all we have to do is say cheers. Cheers. And happy 100th. Thank oh, you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. Subscribe to our podcast on our website, gameofbookspodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you liked what you heard, you can give us a five-star rating or review. You can also subscribe on YouTube where you can watch and listen. On GameOfBooksPodcast.com, you can find all the information about what we talked about on this episode. And you can sign up for our newsletter and enter our fun contests and giveaways. We also post our stories and links on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Hope to see you there. I can guarantee you that we had fun today. And we hope you did too. Cheers.